More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us Lots to dive into as we come up on the end of November, and we are going to be very rapidly able to say in one month voting starts for the 2024 election, and many of you listening to us in Iowa, New Hampshire, and certainly any bordering state in that region feel like the election has been going on for a long time now based on all of the political advertisements you have been seeing. Uh, and as we get ready for Ron DeSantis to debate against Gavin Newsom on Thursday and what will be the fourth Republican primary debate next week, uh, it should be taking place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama with Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis on the stage. I think it is fair to say as we sit here, uh, really about six weeks out from official voting, that right now the great debate that is going on in the Republican primary electorate is Trump versus who. And I'm reading from the New York Times this morning. Uh, the Koch Network has endorsed Nikki Haley in, and I'm reading this New York Times headline, in a bid to push Republicans past Trump. The support will give Haley more organizational strength as she battles Ron DeSantis for the number two spot in the Republican presidential race. Uh, and this is uh, the Koch Network theoretically going to lead to tens of millions of dollars being spent on behalf of Nikki Haley. And Buck, what stands out to me about this is right now we seem to be in a pause where it's not so much everyone running against the leader Trump as it is okay, who is going to be the alternative to Trump in the Republican primary? It's fair to say it's down to Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I like Vivek. You like Vivek. We've had Chris Christie on the show. Those guys don't really have a chance to become the alternative. It is going to be Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. But my question for you, Buck, is, is it the case 
that as now Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are likely turning their guns on each other and trying to be the surviving number two, the alternative to Trump, that this is the best possible thing that could ever happen to Trump and that while there is a battle to figure out who's going to be in second place, by the time a second place uh, is determined, Trump is already going to have won the nomination and it's not going to matter. How would you assess the so-called horse race? Because I think that is six weeks out the number one story, not who's going to be running against Trump, but who is the primary alternative to Trump? Well, clearly something is going on here because uh, the Haley and DeSantis super PACs are attacking each other. Millions of dollars spent now recently going after each other instead of going after Trump, the front runner. Um, I see a couple of different versions of the strategy here unfolding before us. Uh, on the one hand, I think it's possible that both of the, and this is certainly what they would say openly, right? I mean, option A, I think, is the official position, and it would be that the DeSantis and Haley camps are saying the other one, depending on which one you're talking about, the other second tier needs to get out so I can square off against Trump, which right. you and I have been talking about, looking at those numbers. That's option A. Option B is a little, a little bit of a, of a, of a different, uh, a different vibe, which is that they're hoping to be in a second place position. I mean, specifically, I think for the Nikki Haley camp, where it's a contest to be vice president effectively, right? Like Trump's only got one term. For if Haley can assure herself a VP ticket with Trump and then bring that together, meaning her voters, his voters, she only gets to, she only has to be the VP for two years, basically. basically. And then she starts running for president. Then she's going out raising her own money and do, and maybe does so with the blessing of Trump, right? That's option B. I think that's the less likely strategy. Maybe that's the plan B here, the secondary option. Um, and. I'm I'm trying to think if there's a viable option C, a viable third third way here. Um, The only thing would be that the Haley and DeSantis campaigns figure they just have to stay in long enough. And no one will say this out loud, but they just have to stay in long enough to see, you know, maybe Trump ends up running into some trouble here with these prosecutions and maybe the numbers shift and maybe things, you know. That would be, I think, the third the third way, the third plan. Am I missing anything, or do you disagree with any of those? No, I mean, here's my thought of where we're headed. I think Ron DeSantis is going to come in second place in Iowa. And then I think Nikki Haley is going to come in second place in New Hampshire. And as a result, both of them are going to claim they're actually the primary challenger to Trump, which means we roll on into, I think, South Carolina, Nevada, these other states and Trump is going against Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek will hold on. I think Chris Christie after New Hampshire will drop out and endorse either Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, which he basically said he would do on this show Wednesday if he were not the alternative to Trump, that he would endorse Haley or DeSantis. He thought that both of them would make good presidents. The problem is that I see... And look, open phone lines, we don't have any guests today, 800-282-2882. You're welcome to tell Buck or myself, what are we missing? I think that this battle for who is going to be the alternative to Trump is hugely beneficial for Trump. And so the idea, this was the whole thing that happened, Buck, in 2016, which is 
sooner or later, you're going to be on the stage 1v1 versus Trump, and Trump will collapse then. I just keep coming back to the raw math. And you can correct me if I'm wrong out there, and you are a diehard Nikki Haley supporter. I think that Ron DeSantis, if he decided tomorrow, hey, I'm dropping out of this race, I think Ron DeSantis supporters would overwhelmingly go to Trump. In other words, I don't see, and tell me where I'm wrong. There are Nikki Haley people out there listening right now. Tell me why you think I'm wrong. I don't see how Nikki Haley wins a 1v1 versus Trump because I think Vivek supporters go to Trump. I think DeSantis' supporters go to Trump. I mean the majority of them. And if Nikki Haley's already 40 points behind or 30 points or whatever you want to say she is in, in Iowa and New Hampshire... I, I am not a mathematical scholar, Buck, but I'm pretty good at mathematical ideas. The, in fact, you, I think I've said this to you before. You'll appreciate this. The only math course I took in college was mathematical ideas. That's literally what the well, class that sounds is called. really, really numerical and intense. Yes. And it was me and every sorority girl at George Washington University. It's maybe the best course selection choice I ever made. Um, not diehard math, right? But I'm pretty good at mathematical concepts. And the raw math, if I'm standing in front of a, a board right now and I'm drawing it, Nikki Haley's supporters are not going to Trump. DeSantis supporters, I think the majority of them would go to Trump. I don't see how the math works out here for Nikki Haley. What am I missing? So if, if I'm advising Nikki Haley behind the scenes, um, if I'm giving her my, my sort of best sense of what's going to happen here, I don't see how she could have a safer play than look. Everyone has to see what the voting is in Iowa, New Hampshire, and then I think there may be deals to be struck. I think you're right. I think that Desantis is likely to come in second in Iowa. If Desantis pulls out a win there, there is this theory that then the dominoes all fall and people change their minds. I, I mean, that would be the biggest come from behind. I'm not saying it's impossible. I don't know. I always point out no one can predict the future, but to me. If DeSantis is able to win in Iowa, maybe something big happens. If he comes in second and then Haley comes in second in New Hampshire, um, if I'm the Haley camp, I say, look, if you can bring together the donor class with, with Trump world, you win, you win the primary. I, I don't, you know, that my pitch would be, Hey, Donald, woman VP who is tight with the donor class worked in your administration that, that as- left your administration in good, good stead. See, that's my thing. I don't think Nikki Haley's really buck trying to win. Well, but but if she's trying to be VP, she's playing it very Perfect. well because what she ends up doing here in this process, this is what I was going to go to is she is effect she has taken the mantle from Vivek of the other person in the race who is boxing out Ron DeSantis. She is doing a better job to box out the DeSantis team than Vivek is right now. Um and that is clearly catching the eye of Trump world and you'll notice she does. I, have I missed anything? She doesn't go after Trump all that hard. She'll say, oh, I think I'm better at the job. Well, you know, everyone should say that if they're going to run for president. But she hasn't. She's not, you know, uh, talking about the insurrection or saying that 2020 wasn't stolen or whatever. She's not going after Trump hard. I think she's leaving the option. Yeah, I just, again, it, basic mathematics. And, and I'm open to, again, I took mathematical ideas. I am, I am not, uh, you know, uh, a, a genius when it comes to, uh, to, to, to mathematics. I'm not Pythagoras here. Um, but I do look at this and just say, man, as I look at this and think about the way it's going to play out, 
Nikki Haley is setting herself up to be Donald Trump's vice president. She's not setting herself up to beat Trump. Ron DeSantis, I think both of us agree, Buck, will not take the VP role from Donald Trump. Like he, like no, no way, no. I mean, look again. If we were sitting there and being asked to coach or or advise any respective team here, if you're if you're DeSantis team, you you finish out being governor and then you gear up for 2028. I don't think you take I don't think you take a VP slot. I think that's right. Okay, so if if you are out there, and I don't know what the percentage of our audience is, but let's say it's 40, let's say it's 45%, let's say it's 35%. If you are diehard anti-Trump, I think your only option at this point is Ron DeSantis. Now, I'm not sure that the math would add up for Ron DeSantis because I think the kill shot here would be Trump just coming over the top and getting Nikki Haley as his VP <laughs> and, you know, just basically saying this thing's over. And, and at that point, he could probably also offer Vivek something. Oh, yeah, certainly. Look, I think Vivek could be Secretary of the Treasury, like whatever. My argument is if Nikki Haley really doesn't want Trump to be president, I don't see how she beats Trump. And I'm not sure Ron DeSantis, again, it comes down to the math. I'm not sure if Ron DeSantis, but if if Nikki Haley really doesn't want Trump to be president, you can say a lot of things about Chris Christie, right? Chris Christie does not want Donald Trump to be president. Even the most ardent anti-Chris Christie audience member out there would have to nod along and say, yeah, you know, like Chris Christie. So Chris Christie, I think, would say, hey, would you be attorney general uh, in a uh, Ron DeSantis administration? I think the only way Trump could lose, and I think it requires actually uh, a, a raw acknowledgement of the math, would be if Nikki Haley and Chris Christie said, we're all in with Ron DeSantis. We are running as a team against Donald Trump. I oh. don't think that that selflessness buck exists, and I don't think that actually they cared that much about beating Trump if it requires them to subsume their ambitions and make it less likely for them to be president. I mean, look, Ron, Ron is a very, you know, you and I both know Governor DeSantis. He's a very smart guy. And if you're looking at this again, just from the perspective of what makes the most sense for the individual, whether one agrees with this or not, if you're Ron DeSantis, you look at Trump, uh, a possible VP situation, you think, how'd it go for the last Trump VP? And that's why I think he won't take it. Nikki Haley has a pretty good relationship with Trump already from working for him as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And that, to me, is is the difference. I think she would be willing to do it. So that changes things. But nothing's really going to I don't think we're going to see any any. What did I call it yesterday? A tectonic shift. I kind of like that. No major shifts will happen between now and um, uh the Iowa caucuses. I don't but think you agree with me out. on the math here. Like, and I'm, I'm open to callers telling me I'm crazy. And again, I'm not a mathematical genius. I just, I don't see how the math adds up for Nikki Haley to beat Donald Trump. I mean, it reminds me a lot of 2016, 2015, 2016 at this point where there were a few people, as we said yesterday, there was Ted Cruz, there was Marco Rubio, there was John Kasich and they all stayed in. And the, for the, for the never Trump or non Trump vote at that point, a lot of them were actually non Trump. There's really not. People always talk about never Trump. Never Trump is like five guys raising money from Democrats. There's very little never Trump and getting really super in the GOP. rich in the process. By the way, yeah. those guys who are the the Democrats. Uh, true, who claim to true. Be never Trump is called the Democrat, right? So we, we've already we've already seen that. But but you know, non-Trump or not not fired up about. I'm talking about 2016 now, just to be clear. Um, Non-Trump voters in 2016, early in the primary, were hoping there'd be some kind of a opposition unity ticket to Trump, and it just never materialized. 
And yeah. Kasich kept his 10, 11, 12% deep into the primary, and you had MAGA for four years. Well, and that's why the math on this, to me, it ultimately is just a mathematical equation. As everybody drops out, those voters go to someone else. I just come back to Nikki Haley's voters are likely to remain anti-Trump, which would mean they would go to Ron DeSantis. I think a lot of Ron DeSantis, the majority of Ron DeSantis' support, would actually begrudgingly go to Trump. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they'd all go to Nikki Haley. If I am, then we actually have a battle for who could beat Trump. I don't think I am. I think that most DeSantis supporters would end up going to Trump. Cyber Monday can lead into Cyber Theft Tuesday if you don't have LifeLock. I guarantee there are hackers working double time right now, breaking into databases flush with new customer data. If you make online purchases, whether during Cyber Monday or any time of the year, you need online identity theft protection. The best comes from LifeLock. They carefully monitor billions of online transactions looking for evidence of fraudulent activity. When they spot it, they're in touch with you immediately. They'll give you the details, and then you determine if it's fraud or not. If it is, LifeLock's got dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialists, one of which will work with you to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use that promo code CLAY for 25% off. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Sometimes you really get a sense of this Biden administration all at once. Very quickly, I don't know if there's a soundbite that can better sum up in so many ways the Biden regime than Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona yesterday with a quote that all of you will recall from Ronald Reagan, except it's a little different when Secretary Cardona re- uh, relays it. Play clip one. You know, we're going to set up follow up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We're, you know, just like Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. This is a cabinet secretary. I don't know if he's trying. I mean, I don't think he's trying to be funny. I think he legitimately must have read that quote somewhere and doesn't understand. The first part of it is the most frightening words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. But Clay. Biden's team rewrites it. Makes sense, actually. Yeah, here's the actual quote, by the way, uh, from 1986, uh, Ronald Reagan in Chicago. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I wonder if it was just a stupid intern, Buck, who wrote that in, and Cardona, who should be smart enough to have recognized that quote in the first place, or do you think he's just a total imbecile and he did that research himself? He's got to catch that. He's got to catch. I, I don't. It doesn't matter if it's an intern, a speechwriter. If you say that out loud, you've got to say, "Whoa, that was a." But I, I don't think he knows the difference. That's the point. I think that he doesn't. He has no idea what Reagan said, and probably believes that Reagan actually said that the government just helps people all the time, and that it's amazing because that's what they believe. While they take we aren't led by the people. smartest among us, Buck. Yeah. The next time you hop out of the shower, ask yourself just how absorbent and soft your towels really are. If they're not, you can change that today with My Towels. These towels are made with 100% Shapir cotton, which is what makes them both soft and absorbent. The team at My Pillow are so confident you'll like them, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Use them for the next two months, well past New Year's, to ensure they're everything you could want in a towel when you get out of the shower. Now you can get that six-piece towel set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98 with our names Clay and Buck as the promo code. You can get the designer premium line for just $20 more. No matter what you set, set you decide on, that's 50% in savings. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener special square. Check out the new My Towel six-piece towel set. Get 50% in savings. Enter our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. Go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Special Square, six-piece towel set, 50% in savings.
Buck, I'm going to stun you with a with a question. Is Morning Joe on MSNBC becoming dumber than The View? When you consider, when you consider that The View is only supposed to be like kind of a talk show designed for moms sitting around their house, whereas Morning Joe is supposed to be, oh, this smart, erudite take on the world of politics and current affairs. Question for you, because Joe Scarborough says, everybody talking about how bad Joe Biden's doing in the polls is overreacting. It's disaster coverage. Here's cut three. By the way, all of these polls that are like, you you read the headline, it goes, the worst news ever for Joe Biden. And I'm thinking, oh my God. He was riding his bike in Delaware and a comet dropped on him, crushing him to death. And then I open up the link and I look at it and they show me three polls where the president of the United States is within the margin of error of a crazy, dangerous man who has has, isn't even really in the front of people's minds right now. Okay. I think that I I know what you I know what you're what you're putting out there. I know I, I'm getting what you're putting down here. Here's the thing: the view believes, in my opinion, as a as a general matter, the incredibly ignorant and stupid things that are said on the airwaves of ABC in the daytime. Like the the people at that table actually think whether it's in Whoopi or Sunny or the the other ones. I don't know the other ones' names. Uh, there's the one who used to be at CNN. I know her name. Um, Anna uh, Navarro. Whatever. Thank you. Anna Navarro. <laughs> I know her name. Um, uh, oh, Alyssa Farah, formerly of the Trump administration, right? Formerly Trump's White House communications director. I think that they say things that they believe. I think that Morning Joe says exactly what the people drinking lattes uh, on their way back from the Hamptons every weekend. Um, I think, or not, not anymore, it's cold out there, but I think that they say whatever is the most ruthlessly effective thing for them with their audience in that time meaning they're smart enough to know what they're saying is nonsense when they say nonsense on this point though i i you know i still hold out here because i really also in part i just don't want to um i want to foot feet on the accelerator and to recognize that there's going to be stuff we're going to get hit by those unknown unknowns in this election cycle right we're, we're looking a lot at the known knowns and known unknowns we got to look at what the unknown may be uh Joe Biden's machinery has been quiet, pretty quiet recently. We can talk in the next hour if you want about the Hunter Biden on offense strategy, which is kind of a funny thing. Legal offense for Hunter Biden. Um, I do think that there's a very real concern. I won't say, I won't say it's proven as a real concern that the Biden Democrats are letting the Republican uh, primary play out. And then they're just going to turn on the fire hoses. And everyone's going to say, oh, but that won't work. It only has to work on about 1%, less than 1% of the voting population. And they win. And they know that. So that's the concern that I have, right? Like, we look at polls. We look at this state, that state. Does, I mean, I, I, what, I wish we could do betting clay on, will this election come down to less than... Half a million votes in six states. By the way, it might be less than ha- might be less than a hundred thousand votes in six states. Yeah, the answer is almost certainly yes. 
the one poll that suggests that if Trump is convicted of a felony, that it would alter the trajectory of this race, that would be what would have me a little bit nervous if I were looking at this. I, I think that poll is wrong. I just, I, yeah. I, I, if that I poll turns it, out to be right, by the way, the, G, the GOP is done. It, it, the GOP needs to just, you know, be rebuilt anew brick by brick. I mean, it, it will have, it will mean that every every strategist and every politico and all of them got completely swindled in a way that is unforgivable and will honestly will change politics in this country for generations. Yeah, and what I would say too is and I and I think I talked about this yesterday, by the time we come out of July 4th, uh, July 4th, January 1st, by the time we come out of that holiday, we're going to be two months from Trump potentially being on trial in Washington, D.C. If that March 4th, I believe it's March 4th, uh, trial date actually holds, and I question whether it will, but if it does, that is seismic in terms of the amount of attention that it will get. On the Joe Scarborough front, though, in the MSNBC argument, it is pretty devastating polling data for joe biden that is coming in right now 11 of the 13 national polls in november have had him down and trump has the largest lead in the polls that he's ever had in his entire political career so i would be nervous about i would that be nervous about biden. that if i, I were biden i don't think it's cataclysmic because we're still 11 months but the data couldn't be much worse for him well, there there are two ways to take that and one of them you just hit which is it's so early who cares I think the response to that or the other approach to this would set would be, yeah, but Trump's never been this far ahead in this way at this time. So that's what's distinct about it. Like if this was a mirror image of 2020 at this point in terms of the polling in the swing states, you'd say, OK, well, you know, we've been here before. We've never been here before. But and the it polls, is a year away. And the polls, Buck, we had the real clear politics uh, guy on who does phenomenal work uh, Wednesday. Uh, because he put out a comparison. Hey, this is where we were in 15. This is where we were in 19. This is where we were are in 23. Uh, Trump was down 10 to Biden head to head in November of 19. And Trump was down four to Hillary Clinton in November of 15. Reason why I bring that up. First of all, the Hillary Clinton Trump race didn't end up that much different than what it was a year out. But Trump outperformed both times relative to where he was in the poll in November of 15 and in November of 19. If the polls were still wrong, then they're actually still undercounting Trump's support. And if he were two or three points better than what he is right now, we're talking about a landslide election in favor of Trump. And the one thing that nobody is, I, I don't think, contemplating enough is we're going to not just have probably a third party, but also a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth party. Your ballot for president is going to have more candidates than most of us can ever remember. And I think that works against Biden, the more people that are on your ticket. Well, that that those are in my, I guess that's kind of a known unknown, but n no one really understands how additional candidates are going to affect, you know, it's just too hard to run. You can't run that simulation accurately because you're getting so granular in the data and remember, there's every poll has a margin of error, as they said on, on the, you know, Scarborough show there. Yes. Um, and that's because you can't, no matter what you do, you can't know with, with any degree of, of real true certainty what the exact numbers are. 
So I think it's all going to be very tight. But, you know, we'll continue to look at some of the core issues here. Obviously, the economy is going to matter a lot. Interesting data on this, by the way. The um, New York Times Siena College poll recently, 62% of Biden voters. So just put aside any, oh, Republicans, Biden voters, 62% of them say that the economy is fair or poor. That's not good. No. So, but that could change. This is what I and it's all, I think, Buck, based on pricing. And yeah. we'll hit that some in the second and third hour of the show. Also, this crazy story out of Kansas City about a little kid who painted his face. I don't know how many of you have seen this. Uh, in third hour, we'll hit this. Kid paints his face and wears a headdress to go to a Kansas City Chiefs game. And uh, a website decides to go to war with this kid. I mean, I'm talking about like a six, seven, eight-year-old kid. I don't know, elementary-age kid. Um, they said he wore blackface. He actually just painted his face half black, half red, and wore a headdress. And I just want everybody out there to think about, Buck, where we are as a country, that on the left, they get more outraged by kid costumes than they do by men pretending to be women. Just think about what the, you know, men dressing up as women, courageous, kid wearing a costume to a football game, totally unacceptable uh by the way masculinity it's under assault if you read the internet we should talk about that that article too buck the article that says everybody's better off if they just don't get on the internet um which is an interesting argument that went viral you and i were talking about this uh about how exactly that could play out but masculinity under assault in our nation you see it happening everywhere uh in fact uh, there's actually a new movie coming out i'm going to the premiere tomorrow uh, where men pretend to be women and compete for championships. Can you believe we're actually here, that this is real life? Uh, you know where it isn't under assault at Chalk? Company makes natural daily supplements. They do incredible work. The male vitality stack, my buddy Seton, uh, he's down in Texas, uh, and uh, he is fired up about all of the lack of masculinity. In fact, we want to put a little bit of more toxic masculinity, a little bit more testosterone back into your life. You ever notice how they never say toxic femininity? It's always toxic masculinity. How about we need more masculinity in this country, not less? And one of the ways we could have more masculinity is with a higher level of testosterone. Your grandfather and your gra- and your great-grandfather had way more testosterone in their body. They can't figure out why it's all vanishing, but male testosterone levels have declined by about 50% over the past 50 years. If you take the chalk all-natural supplement, you will increase your testosterone level by 20% if you take it for three months. Again, this is all natural, brings testosterone back in your body. You go to choq.com, check it out, chalk.com, choq. If you use my name, Clay, as the code when you check out, you get 35% off all subscriptions for life. 35% off for life. Again, go get hooked up today. CHOQ.com. Put some testosterone back in your life. Use my name, Clay, at the checkout code, and you get 35% off for life. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Junie. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We have a whole lot of calls. I want to take some of them right now. Also, in the next hour, got some updates for you on the situation of the Israel-Hamas war and also on immigration. The Texas uh, bill for exporting migrants from Texas to places like New York, uh, that number is out. And Texas can do math, apparently, because they realized uh, better to spend in the millions than having to spend in the billions to handle a problem yourself. Um, we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. We have uh, Brent in Corvallis, Oregon, which is I've just learned a new town. What's up, Brent? Well, Where Oregon State I'm is, fine. Buck. Yeah, sorry, right. Brett. I had to, I had to give uh, Buck a little uh, history. Uh, by the way, condolences on uh, losing your coach and losing your conference. I don't want to have a, a bad day for everybody at Oregon State, but we appreciate the call. Yeah, I have my opinions on that too. So I'm, I'm sure you do. As, um, <laughs> as far as um, talking vice president, one thing I think you overlooked was. You know, people in Trump's circle would talk about he'd have these radical ideas, and then, you know, he, people sometimes have to bring him down to earth of what was realistic. And I think, you know, you want a vice president that, will, that he'll listen to. 
And so who would be that best vice president that would, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, you see on Bill Barr said, you know, it's Bill Barr's feedback was <clears throat> he'd have these radical ideas, but then he, he would listen to his circle of people he trusted. Yeah. So, look, I, th- I thank you for the call. So you, I he think thinks Nikki Haley. Haley. Yeah, I think Nikki Haley would actually be a really solid vice presidential choice for Donald Trump. And and I mean that because I think, Buck, what are Democrats going to run on? And let me be let me take a step back. I would pick if I were Trump, a VP candidate who would deliver a state. I've said this for a long time. I would take Brian Kemp in uh, Georgia. I would take Sununu in New Hampshire. Right. We, we can agree that's definitely not going to happen. Yes. So that is what I would do. If he's not going to do that, then I think you look at what Democrats are going to come after him on. They're going to come after him on. He's Hitler, right? We know. Uh, he's a threat to democracy. Play, excuse They're me, never going to run again. Worse than Hitler. is Worse than Hitler. Asked. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Trump is worse than Hitler. We know that's going to happen. And they're going to come after him on abortion. I actually think Nikki Haley on abortion really undercuts Democrats' attempt to try to say, oh, they're going to be knocking on your door if your 14-year-old daughter gets pregnant and they're going to put her in prison if she tries to get an abortion, right? That's what they're going to try to argue. Nikki Haley, I think, on the abortion issue alone has addressed it about as well as a Republican could. And this is where Trump, Buck, he's not really all that. He's never been like really, and now he appointed the judges that overturned Roe v. Wade. But he, he takes multiple ran. positions on that's the right. issue simultaneously and gets away with it because he's Trump, and that's just the that's way it right. goes. So. so I think that would actually undercut one of the two things that they would come after him most aggressively on. But that we comes back have... to what we started the show with, Buck, which is, is Nikki Haley running to be president or running or vice to be president. vice president? Well, I think she's taking the shot at the big job first, but she's happy to take the second the second slot if it comes to it. That's that's my sense. Tim, I'm sorry, uh, Curtis in Columbus, Ohio, want to weigh in on this issue. What's up, Curtis? Hi. Uh, yeah, I had a question about the supporters for Haley and DeSantis. And then when you, you mentioned where they would go and who they would support afterwards, if Donald Trump does not take Nikki Haley as his vice president, would her supporters lean towards becoming the next group of uh, of nev- never Trumpers and tend to vote Democrat in the election? Uh, can I just say? Can I say this? I mean, I so I know a bunch of people who became who. For example, sign their names to Never Trump in National Review. Like, I know them personally. I, I know people from back. Almost all of them became not just Trumpers, but they were, you know, they, they became very pro Trump during the course of the Trump administration. The, the, the media's game is to elevate this small group of basically Republican turncoats. The, the actual Never Trumpers are largely a media creation. But they seem bigger because of the funding they get and the appearances they get on MSNBC and CNN, et cetera, and the contracts they get at these places. Never Trump is not never Trump is a Democrat, really. Like this never Trump thing that people talk about is actually Clay, a very small movement. And it really is um, people that overwhelmingly become Democrats either right away or in time. I also think, Buck, all these people out there, I understand you're heated. You're in the debate, right? You're in the debate season. You're in the primary season. 
And a lot of people say, if my guy doesn't win, if my girl doesn't win, I'm not even going to show, show up in November. And then what happens? They show up in November. Because yeah. the primary's decided by March. Are you going to vote for Biden? Of course well, this not. That's what I'm saying. We should be, I mean, to be never any Republican in a choice between that Republican and Joe Biden and the Biden regime, I mean, to me, it's just it's just obvious. It's It's crazy. Well, I understood that argument somewhat before Biden became president because maybe you bought into the bill of goods that he was selling, that he would restore a sense of normalcy, that everything would feel like it wasn't chaos all the time. But now, can't you look around and say, okay, he's failed there and recognize that Biden's not going to cure what ails the country? It's very simple. Never say never. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.